Welcome to The Best Medicine. I'm your host, Dr. Bradley H. Werrell, and we're here to explore options and potentials to help us grow as individuals and as a community with one another in these difficult times and challenging times. We're exploring all manner of potentials related to the human experience, physical, psychological, medical, spiritual. It's a wonderful opportunity that we now experience in this critical phase of our human evolution. And I welcome you to join us in our podcast, become more aware and identify with people who are helpful and supportive of you in your efforts as a human being on this planet and elsewhere too. We're going to be meeting people who are doing things that are widely variant from what is so-called normal within our society. In the creative space, within the social space, our common purpose, seeking to generate positive potentials to improve the lives of everyone in our sphere of influence and to expand that sphere of influence so that we may positively influence others that are not yet engaged directly with us. That's the goal here. We will learn more about each other as we go. I wish you the very best. Thank you very much for tuning in. So uh, you, uh, you have an interesting um, background. I'm like, um, uh, like mimetics and I'm like, that's a very interesting um, title to put on or like a uh, 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 label to put on yourself, a uh, mimetics studies. I'm like, that's very interesting to me. Oh, yeah. Um, actually, the reason I took it up is because I initially studied history, and then I started teaching it, and I realized that most of the ways that we teach history are extremely boring to students. <laughs> and, and you can get that almost universally. Um, just like, oh, I liked, you know, this and this and this, but history was awful when I was in school. Interesting. And so, no, my dad was a history professor, retired now. <laughs> now I'm, I have an interest in history myself, and it's like uh, I actually um, spent the last, I just about a year ago, I finished four years of study, What Happened to America? Mm. And it's like this, it was interesting, because I allowed myself to study um, the forbidden topics, which is like the, um, my dad would be the gatekeeper that keeps guys like me out, and ideas like mine out. And it's like, so I allowed myself to study what it would fairly be con called conspiratorial uh, studies mm. and, and studied alternative um, explanations for what is actually going on. And, and it, it went, led me down quite a rabbit hole that was interesting. And um, it kind of pointed back towards uh, a conclusion that was unexpected, which is it's a psychological spiritual warfare that has occurred here for about a hundred years easily. And I didn't really, I, I'd say it goes well beyond that, but it's, a, it's, 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 it, it's ancient in its function. And it's what, it's interesting because it goes to this mimetics premise that you are working on. Oh yeah, no, most definitely, right? Because I think it actually, it might've been like perfected right around, like just before World War II. That's when we started tapping into it. And then World War II actually, exposed us to it like fully once we saw like nazi germany and other like like uh the ways that uh stalinist russia was doing it and right. then yeah 
Yeah, so I, I would, um, I point to Adolf Hitler as like the first rock star, you know? Oh, yeah. Like, like, a, like a radio star or whatever you want to call him, um, but using the electronic media. But uh, that they were doing it before, the Brits were doing this before World War One. They were, they were using the print media in the same fashion. And um, I, I go, I point to 1885 as a key point. Uh, it's a quite interesting. There's a there's a historian, um, Carol Quigley. You're probably familiar with. Okay. Yeah. He, he wrote um, two noteworthy books, Tragedy and Hope, and then um, a uh, the Evolution of Civilizations, which is quite an interesting book because it describes the energetics of how things work, and it's like. Between the two of them, I came to a, um, an understanding of well, capitalism. He caused me to understand capitalism differently than I understood it before, which is like people talk about capitalism and they, they get denigrated a lot. And it's like, well, he divides it up into various phases. So the first phase of capitalism is market capitalism, which is like um, we just start using money again in the West. And it's been, you know, 700 years like that. And it's like, okay, so then he, then he divides up um, finance capitalism, which is the creation of uh, markets for corporations that are publicly traded. Mm-hmm. So now you can, you can, you can create um, enterprises that are much greater than any individual set of investors could possibly ever make, which is railroads and, and the stuff like that, big dams. And um, finally, monopoly capitalism. And he distinguishes between these two, with, but finance capitalism and monopoly capitalism is like, finance capitalism is characterized by seeking to lower pro- costs to raise profits. And monopoly capitalism is to seeking to raise prices to raise profits. And, and, and yeah. J.D. Rockefeller famously said it well. He said, competition is a sin. <laughs> and it's like, and I, I regard the, um, the, he regarded uh, 1931 as the um, time that monopoly capitalism took over. And I regard it as 1885. <laughs> And 1885, I pick 1885 because, uh, hang on, I'm having a problem with managing other affairs here. 1885 was when Nathan Rothschild was uh, made to be uh, a baron by Queen Victoria, which is the, she was anti-Semitic and she created a Jewish peer of the realm because he was so instrumental in the, affairs of the British Empire with the finance. And it was like, as soon as you introduce him as, as a recognized member of the, the gang, it is like, yeah, the finance is that important, kids. And it's like, yeah. The, the, and, and what happened was in, in 1881, the Brits had the first Boer War, which they lost because they were playing by imperial rules that were like chivalrous in dealing with uh, another Christian nation. And then what happened was in um, 1889, they, they went and were, went full barbarian on the uh, Boers and won, and they created prison, um, you know, it was, it was uh, uh, concentration camps and killing 
children and women in concentration camps and exporting the men off the off the place, you know, to to other prisons. And so it was unethical. And so the ethics changed markedly. And I'm like, that was the moment of the introduction of monopoly capitalism in the affairs of the British Empire. They 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 sold out. Interesting. That actually makes a lot of sense. Hmm. I like this is part of the problem with my studies is that I need to start studying uh deeper into European history because I've been mostly teaching American history and it doesn't really allow me to like well you take in all of this stuff that was happening on the other side of the world and it's actually really important <laughs> I, uh, it is and it's like so that was kind of interesting for me because I was studying American history and it was like um, I, I started studying and I, w- I was interested the period of, after uh, about starting the 20th century that and it was the conspiratorial stuff and um it was it was uh work that came out in the 50s with the uh what's the name of the the, there was there was congressional committees that were hearing these hearing the stories about the uh the uh un-american activities of the uh intern the 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 tax exempt foundations right Mm. and it's like um the that work with uh, Norman Dodd was the uh, chief investigator and it, and and it, it, it's just pivotal work and they they found out all this stuff and it's like like in they found they found they had a he had a um and I try to recall the lady's name she was a, a lawyer she went to to New York to uh to, they allowed them to witness the books of the, or the, uh, the notes of the meetings of the uh, board of trustees of the, uh, Carnegie endowment. Okay. <laughs> and it's like, they let them look at the books for two weeks. They let her look at the books and she looked at the books and wrote and took very, very carefully, uh, targeted elements he, she was supposed to look at she's taking notes of this and um she brings the notes back and she can never practice law again because she went mad from what she learned and she's like what does that mean went mad it's like you learn something and it caused you to go mad and not be able to practice law and it's like she was that angry is what it means because right. it's like what she learned was maddening which is she she found evidence that the the Carnegie Foundation spent one year investigating is there a way in a scholarly fashion is there a way more effective than war to dramatically alter the course of a nation's life and then after one year they said nope okay for the next year how do we get the united states in a war this is about 1910 And then they said, oh, we must control the State Department. And so they set about controlling the State Department. And it's like all documented in there. And it's like this, it's like, so he brings all this stuff back to the Congress. And then they, they, they shut, they clamped that down hard, the, the, the investigation. And it was the Reese Committee is what it was. And, and it's like, and it's like, this was in 1950. And it was, he, they were on it in 1950. And it's like, 
this stuff is it's just been well canned like controlled uh narrative which is the teaching of history is well controlled and it's like so my dad well, he can't even begin to hear me talk about this stuff man it's like wow and i'm like okay i respect that and it's like you know i i like but i had to allow myself to do it do you know what i mean to to study it mm. but it's like it's just forbidden topics right well, yeah, for historians, I mean, if you can't prove it, then they're just like, I'm just going to completely dismiss it, even Ignore though there's it. a bunch of, like, tangential evidence, like, that points, like, every single data point points to what you're saying is being true, and then they're just like, well, there's no actual evidence for it, so we can't talk about it. That's it, and it's like, well, what's funny, I had this conversation with my dad, which is funny, because I didn't expect him to agree with the premise. I said, you know, um, it occurs to me that if if you think that what I'm talking about is a conspiracy theory, it matters not how much evidence I bring to bear. Does it, is that correct? And he said he agreed with that. And I was like, just about fell off the table. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, whoa, man, I can't believe you agreed to that. <laughs> it's okay. And so it's you know you're in a, end up in a peculiar position because it's like no, we're not we're not gonna even entertain that conversation in the least place. So now how can I talk to you about things that are of uh, you know what I mean? Because you're, you're, you've now you've separated yourself from reality in some sense because you're like you're not admitting certain evidence or certain conversational topics, even right? Mm -hmm. And that's that's like the weird problem of this this time period, right? Is that we have so many like pieces of data that are just jumping out of the woodworks because now we can record it digitally and it can be all in one place, and then someone can. Uh, categorize it that we, That's we right. tend to like like just fall over ourselves just because we're just like well we don't have enough data but <laughs> well no it's a bitch because it's like we're here we are we're 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 i'm trying to draw you a picture here because i'm like it's a i've got a i've got a um a little image that that makes sense of this process which is what has occurred okay and it's like this source of information there's a source of information right there okay and it's like this it's like the source of information is going to inform variously okay so the source of information in this case is a broad central broadcasting system so that the central source broadcasts down into the population okay and it's like that's the model that was the 20th century liberalism was built upon right it's like it's like so we, we we centralize the data and it's too hard for everybody to get the information and we broadcast it out which is like a it, it was newspapers before mm -hmm. but what has occurred here is 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 this okay now we gather information diversely and then we broadcast it into the sort of memosphere whatever you want to call it right the 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 social environment mm -hmm. and and then we compare notes and it's like this system is poor because the 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 it's this system is like the reverse polarity right this system right. is failing and this system is gaining traction at the moment and it's like the issue is the top-down thing is uh, lacks appropriate. Um, it it doesn't have appropriate pixelation. It doesn't. Oh make, yeah, resolution, it, right? The, right. Yeah. The resolution is poor because it's like it it if there's no competing information sources, it makes enough sense. Mm 
that I'm not going to bitch too much. Okay. But it's like, dude, when I'm looking at the internet and your stuff makes no sense, it's like, you know, I'm not, I'm calling bullshit, man. And I'm like, we're not having it. Okay. And it's like, and that's where we're at, which is like, I, I talked to my dad and it's like, cause he, his, he's, 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 he gets his information from this central broadcast agency. He loves the New York times, et cetera, et cetera. And I, you know, that's great. And I got nothing to say that's going to be useful here, but it's like the, the bottom line is it doesn't make sense. And he goes, I bring information to him. He's like, I didn't hear that. I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> I know your, your, your filters are high. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, that's the, the thing that I've been noticing in, you know, just like trying to compile things recently, especially when you, you study like how ideas transmit is like, it's exactly like you were saying that it used to be that we had authorities that we believed in, but then the recent times kind of proved to us that they were corruptible and that they had agendas and that they had narratives that they wanted to push and that changes the information. And so we yeah. can't trust them to present us the information anymore because they have an agenda. They have a, they have a point of view that they want us to see. And this is that's a good, good. Yeah. That's a good point. And I, I would like to um, elaborate on that a little bit. I'm a physician. If you didn't know, I'm a family practice physician. And I became interested in this thing because it's like this. So I, I've been in private practice. I was in for 13 years here. And then we sold out to the hospital about a year and a half ago because it's like that. That's the uh, handwriting on the wall. They are the establishment is crushing private practice, small pra private practices. No, so we quit. Not just that, right? Like, oh yeah. That's, from my mom, I heard that hospitals are getting bought out too. Like, oh, oh yeah. It's yeah. like this is giant consolidation. But so in in my in my tenure. As a, as a family practice physician. In, in 20 years, I have maybe had two people come to me with some drug they saw on TV. They wanted to try something that was on TV, they saw it on an ad. And I'm like, okay. So why do they advertise so much? Okay, just like this. So you think the advertising is to drive traffic. Does that make sense to cause people to want that drug? And it's like, I, clearly it doesn't work that way. That is not what's happening. Because in 20 years, two patients coming to me for a drug is not going to pay for an ad. Okay. And it's like this, what is really going on? And I'm like, I, I, I thought about this and I'm like, what is really going on is I'm giving you billions of dollars to your television company. Okay. I want you to make sure that the news is never bad about my company or my, my, you get me? It's narrative control. And it's like, it's blackmail. It's just a bribery. And it looks like advertising and the public can't tell the difference because it's like, really, it takes a little bit of, of craziness to even think of it. But it's like the perspective that I have, which is, is a unique perspective, which is like, and, and in my business partner, the same way, I think one handful will cover all the people that in 20 years, I ask us for medicines because of something they saw on television. And it's like, yeah, that's not what's happening there. It's, it's a other mechanism of control that is occult is the right word to use because it's, it's shaded from plain view, right? Right. Yeah. Interesting. Because I, I thought that the reason for that was mostly that it would prime the idea of that drug in people's heads. And so when the doctor then suggested it, they would be like, oh, yeah, I've seen that before. And they would be okay with, like, taking it or something. But it makes more sense the other way where it's like, nah, if we say this, then nobody's going to be saying anything bad about it. 
Well, then, right, because you're like, yeah, don't bite the hand that feeds you, right? Right. And it's like, it's like, so, so the interestingly, that that go point back again at the um, the um, tax exempt foundations, right? One of the things they did was to control research in the United States. So you can control research. You just sprinkle the fairy dust, which is the money, on the people that you want to promote those ideas. And you can control the ideas of the nation. Because who, who gets the, look, it's like they have all the, the foundations have all the, um, the clout, the, uh, the promotional value, right? Because the names and the, the um, I don't even have the right terminology in my mind for it, but it's, it's all the, all the, um, the brass. Yeah brass fittings and, and you know the shiny shiny names and mm -hmm. right they they look beautiful and then they're giving out money to people and they're doing good things and then yeah and now How your name is associated and, and now you're promoted and now you're a world famous scholar because you la, 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 la. and it's like those ideas are the ones that are promoted right and the, and the other ideas are neglected and and even denigrated no yeah hmm this adds to things that i've been thinking about that's hmm. it's disturbing i, I i'm sorry no 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 <laughs> I, apologize. I knew i knew that this this existed see this is the, i'm trying to think about post-capitalism because it's one of those topics that it seems inevitable that it's going to happen you know every economic system like tries to improve upon the one before it but you still have to keep elements of the thing before it that worked, right? So the base level of capitalism, like mercantilism, where we trade with money and maybe we have companies, works. That's actually generally a good thing for most people. But then once you get to the, like the end game, the monopoly level, where a company is more powerful than a nation, then That's they right. can just do whatever they want. And they can manipulate the data, they can manipulate what you know, and all of these things for their own profit. And that is yeah. like the the end problem that we have to solve where it's like i know i see this it's like that i worry about this post-capitalism premise okay and i'm like it's like the, the the premise is this it's a progressive bias here which i reject wholeheartedly because it's like and and and, uh, and the nice progressive reject me wholeheartedly too just as a fair fair turnabout is a fair play right but it goes like this is is the issue is this, the, I say, look, the issue is this, corporations have no more privilege. They are not real. They're, they're, they're fake. They're legal fictions. They have no rights. So we can curtail their rights politically at will without any regard to anything. It doesn't matter. They're spiritual entities only. They don't have any real value. Mm. Okay? So we can curtail their rights as much as we'd like. Okay? And that is all we need to do. So we can dial backwards to get to a more appropriate form of capitalism at will, political will, okay? Which is to say, we don't have to invent some new damn thing because it's like, uh, you revolutionary guys make me nervous. Because it's like this, I don't call it, I think of them as, as counter-revolutionaries because the American Revolution is all you need. Because that is the apex enlightenment, okay? And it's like, if you can start out with a base premise that exceeds the value of the Declaration of Independence, I will tip my hat and follow you, okay? But otherwise, I'm considering you to be a counter-revolutionary that's kind of dangerous 
because I'm like, I don't know what your, your game is. You know what I'm saying? And it makes me very nervous because especially in these times, man, it's like yeah, the political violence is far too excessive already. And I fear oh, that it will become worse. It, it's not that it's too excessive. It's that it's too accepted, right? When you, you see one oh. side, one side is just like doing violence and everybody's like, ah, oh, it doesn't exist. And then the other side does violence and they're like, look at all these horrible people. And it's like, they're doing the same thing. They're both doing the same thing. It's just you're accepting one side of it. And so if you accept either side of it, you're the problem, right? So, uh, yeah. It's a fearful time, man. It's a fearful time. No, but back to the the uh, post-capitalism topic. I, I understand what you're saying, and I actually agree with you that I think that the rollback would be a better solution. It's that, like we were talking about before, if the companies have as much power as they do now, they would never give it up. I know. And it's okay. It's like, it's okay. That's that's when political violence is okay. <laughs> that's I guess okay. it's okay because it's like, well, if it's necessary, it's like well, that's okay. It's just it's just a you. you the, it's interesting. It's like the um, the the issue is this. It's like this. Um, the the we have to we have to um, create a mechanism that allows the people to express themselves properly. Right. And it's like it's a psychological issue and political is part of the psychological and the political or, you know, it's like the expanded version of the psychological with the social circumstances are controlled by the psychological at the base. Mm -hmm. And um, the, the issue is this. Now, I had a very interesting conversation with a leftist who sat next to me in medical school for, for two years and ended up living two, next door to me, essentially across the street. No kidding. <laughs> We went to med school a thousand miles from here. It was just random. It's like, whoa, crazy, Bill. So I went and had, I had a beer with him yesterday and it was like chatting with him. And it's like, we don't agree. And it was specifically with relation to um, coronavirus, which I got in trouble for on a, on a, on a website talking about the coronavirus thing. Cause it's like, that issue is this, is, is, is central mandated, um, political authoritarianism based upon scientific authoritarianism, okay? Or justified by scientific authoritarianism, okay? Versus dissenting viewpoints, which is, I had a dissenting viewpoint, which is to say, I don't agree, and that's not the appropriate solution. Now, the interesting function of it is this, look, we live on one planet, so we are obligate cohabitators okay so there's no there's no I, we're gonna split the planet in half or something right right there's we are in the same biosphere so we have to get this straight from that perspective that's number one but number two is all political associations are elective they're voluntary because i always have the right to dissent even at the risk of my own neck, right? Mm -hmm. And so the issue here is this, is, is that politic, the scientific authoritarianism justifying um, political authoritarianism is unacceptable and it's repugnant to Western civilization and individualism. Yeah. And so it's like this. So, so my, my, um, my point was the... Uh, the individualism of the West demands that 
there'd be no such political authoritarianism under, you know, medical emergencies. Because the people don't agree, you know, the, the people may comply, but they don't, they don't have to agree. And it's like forcing them to agree, which is what they're doing in, in Australia, for instance, it's just god awful. I knew that was going to happen. As soon as they took away their firearms, I knew that something like that would happen eventually. Well, so it is, it's like, this is, this, I, I'm just stunned by it all. It's just like, okay, the, the, we're, we're, we're pushing the envelope of uh, what seems reasonable here, you know? Mm -hmm. Especially for the, the amount of damage that it's causing everywhere. Like, not just medically, but like, I imagine at the end of this that we're going to have a reduction by more than half of the number of like brick and mortar just shops that are independent oh yeah no i think that i think this is interesting because it's like what appears to have a, being a, a happening right now is is um i'll share my great wisdom with you right and <laughs> it goes like this is uh, um it looks like this everybody is becoming aware of the fact that all the institutions have been lying to them and have promised them way more than they're ever going to get and everyone goes we're playing musical chairs the music is stopping and i don't have a chair and damn doesn't that suck right and so the the institutions are losing public confidence which is the only thing that supports them so what's happening is as the public confidence diminishes the the thing collapses like the fall the leaves come off the trees and it's like it collapses into a nut that contains the liabilities and assets it's just bankruptcy okay and so what happens is in bankruptcy it it is reorganized into a seed that falls into the hands of a receiver and the receiver controls the next outgrowth that must come in the spring okay and so and yeah and it's like this so the the issue is uh in a normal bankruptcy so if you and me make a corporation it goes bankruptcy the judge decides who's the uh receiver okay but this is no normal bankruptcy man it's a civilization global epic proportion boom everything's blowing up right and it's like so what is occurring is is a global bankruptcy which is reorganization and all the institutions are being reorganized okay now this receivership is decided politically which is all that this is all about it's like who is the receiver since the the, the people who are used to be in the receiver as the cyclically have been doing throughout civilizational history is the same group in my opinion and that's a conspiracy theory by the way in case you, you want to check up on it <laughs> right it's a conspiracy theory and i don't care i'm good with it but it's, it goes like this the issue is like i was talking to a german a young fellow and i said this this time period reminds me of about 1930 in germany and he goes oh yeah and it's like so so you got to remember the the in, in German history, the, the, there was Nazis and there's communists fighting in the streets. Yeah, and both of those groups were generated by the bankers. So it doesn't matter who wins in the streets because the receiver is still the banker. Mm -hmm. Okay, look, so it's like this. Yeah, I don't think the bankers are in charge of both sides now, okay? Without being political, I think that I will say no more. Does that make sense? Yeah. That and, it's like, and it's like this. So there's one side being promoted by the bankers and the other side is not. 
and they're the bad guys. Yep. Well, bad guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Narratively, narratively. That's yeah. So yes. Yeah. So, well, it depends on where your narrative is coming from, right? <laughs> this one, right? And it's like, yeah. So, so that's that's exactly right. That's my opinion of it. And it's like it's an interesting thing because it's like because I look at if you look at the uh, the the major functions that are occurring, like 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 socially, there's like the the BLM thing, right? And then there's the uh, COVID-19 thing. And then there's like major news narratives, right? Then there's the, um, what's the third one? Green, the, the climate change thing. Oh yeah. All, the, all those three things are, are similarly based. The, this system, met author, authoritarian systems. And it's like, okay. And it's all to control the narrative, to control the population, to control the political climate. Hmm. And it's like, so I'm going to give you this. This is pretty cool. This is, so I'm studying what happened to America for three years. And I, I end up studying Hebrew of all things. And it, it caused me to understand. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's what I said. <laughs> and it was like, and, it, and it, it caused my mind to open up to be able to understand everything else that I was witnessing, which is unexpected, right? Not like you're studying history and you're like, oh, right, really? Like Aramaic, right? Like what? Right. And that's going to be the answer. So it's like this. In Babylon, there's two classes of magic users, okay? There's magi who are good guys who try to prevent bad things from happening to good people and bring good things to happen to good people. And those are the wise men of the East in the nativity story, okay? That bring the gifts to Jesus, right? baby Jesus. And it's like, okay. And then there's sorcerers and their, their whole job is to conjure demons and control them through their superior knowledge of evil. And it's like, Whoa, Whoa, what does that mean? Right. And it's like, um, the conjuring of demons is like this. I'm going to inflame the passions of the public. And that's dangerous work, man. You better control that. You're going to get hurt because it's like that mob is going to do something. Right, right, you're playing with fire, right? Oh, yeah, and it's like something's going to get burned. And it's like, well, if you don't know what you're doing, you're going to get hurt. So that's the job of the sorcerers. And that's, that's this, man. That's these guys right here. That's this. Mm -hmm. so, so it's like they're conjuring, right? <laughs> and it's like, so it's like, it's like um, you know, it's like you look at the, the selectivity of, the, say, the mainstream media when they pick out because it's like this giant microscope that focuses deeply on one tiny little thing that happened right and then they then they broadcast it and promote it into the general public's consciousness to inflame the passions to do something right and that's your mimetic warfare right there right yeah that's basically it yeah that's huh. and it's like so it's like the, the 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 job of the school system is to create um like uh symbols to to put them in the public mind so that you so that then then the the media can put push the button that exists in pre-exists in the minds of the population at will hmm interesting yeah okay see this is interesting because my studies in memetics led me down similar paths in that I've always seen the reason that I study it so that people aren't influenced by it. 
because it's the like to create a shield against being influenced you have to understand what is influencing you uh so that's like why i want to integrate that into education is because if i can like give this knowledge to students when they're young it'll be almost impossible for them to be like fully mind controlled by these these entities especially once they have a, a prior knowledge of the things that are going to be coming at them as they grow older yeah right so it's like this is like all you have to be aware of is this it's like if you hear a piece of information from any source and it drives you wildly mad right like deranges you emotionally that is the button your button has been hit Okay, and it's like, then you have to step back and not be active. Do not activate yourself based upon that emotionality. You have to be aware of the fact that you're, you're, you got supercharged by getting a button pushed, right? Because it's like you read something or you, you watched some TV program or saw this on YouTube or whatever it was. And it's like, now you're, you, your strong emotional response is the, is the warning sign. And that's the hardest time for you to be um, cognizant and 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 um, rational about what's going on because you're all charged up, right? Right. That's the that's the key, and it's like the because it's like the purpose of the of the whole thing is to get the people charged up so they're not thinking rationally, and that's the easiest time to control them. Right, because then they turn into the mob, and then the mob. No, see, no, the mob is okay. The, see, because it's like the mob is. Le, le, Lenin said it right. The easiest way to to control the opposition is to lead the opposition. So it's like this: it's not a mad mob of people, or mob of a mob of only mad mob of people. It is a mad mob of people that have some selected mercenaries sewn in there that are rational leaders that are controlled by the sorcerers with intention right and it's like it's not a it's not um it it, it has all the earmarks of a of a, a wild mob that is uncontrolled yeah it's not uncontrolled because that's stupid you don't have you don't cut loose uncontrolled anything if you're going to try to control a situation right right well yeah like higher level stuff right yeah that's always what i said to people is i was like well why would you know the the problems that are going on right now why would they be funded by very wealthy people that have a lot to lose and it's because they don't have anything to lose they know that all this stuff that they're riling up will eventually be put down because it's not going to actually affect them if they can control it properly that's right now i, I had a there was a young fellow that was a medical assistant of mine and i always warned him about such matters and i'm like look it's like this the 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 people who think they're going to overthrow the um, establishment, right? They're going to they're going to have a revolution, and they're going to um, throw off the richies and get rid of them forever. Are fools? You're deluded, man. Because it's like this: they're the ones that are paying for your leadership, and they're the ones funding the revolution because they're trying to get rid of the conservative guys like myself who don't want to recount a revolution. Right? That's the necessary function. You're just a useful tool. Right? And it's like, so, so you don't want to, you don't want to be going down that road. That's a, 
wicked bad road. It's like, and you're, and you're not going to achieve the ends. It's like, that, there was an interesting book by a guy, um, I can't think of his name right now. He's a Cuban fellow. And he, um, he wrote a book. He's like, the Cuban revolution is the, uh, is the, uh, like the beta test for the new world order. Hmm. And he's like, he's like, oh, those, the, the Castro was tight with the Rockefellers, man. And it's like, the, the purpose is to make everybody live in poverty. And, and, and it's like the, 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 the function of it is, is like, it even, even gets worse because it's like the, the, uh, the, the super elite wealthy oligarch types don't need us anymore. You're just, you're useless personnel. You're just. That's, that's the things that I've been worried about too, especially as automation becomes more common where it's like, we could do the altruistic thing and like provide a basic income, but what would be the point? Right? There's no reason for you anymore. You've just made yourself obsolete. There's only needs to be a select few people that can maintain the machines and build new ones. Right. Right. So this, this points to the, um, the, the, so the, we're going to American history again, right? So the um, huh. William Penn and the, and the, and the Quakers there in, in started importing the um, Scots-Irish, right? You bring the Scots-Irish in because they're tough dudes from the bad part of Ireland that's, that's Protestant nominally and, and, and they're just tougher than nails and nobody loves them. And, and you put them in between you and the, the savages in the, in the West on, on the border, right? To keep the Indians away from the nice Quakers. And so they did. And it's like, okay, so what happens is they, they got all these guys up Western Pennsylvania or like in the mountains there. And, and these guys, well, they, they, were, they were rude. These guys will squat on the, on the well-to-do lands that are not theirs. They're just squatters. And it's like, they would send the, the you know, the, the men in to uh, enforce the laws and get them off there. And then they would, they would leave. And then when the, when the uh, mercenaries left, they would go back <laughs> because it's like, you got all the good land. We're going to use it. <laughs> all right. And it's like, it's just lawlessness, right. Within some confines. And it's like, that's, that's the, um, that's the attitude here. It's like, yeah, we're not, yeah, okay. We'll, we'll do what you say as long as you're around to tell us and then we'll do whatever we do when, we, when you're not here. And it's like, um, we're not gonna play by your rules, I'm sorry. That's the, the right way to think about this process. And it's like, if, and, and, and it's like the, the, so it's like this, I'm not, we're not having medical authoritarianism. We're not having an authoritarian government. That's stupid. That's just dumb, stupid. We're not going to do it. We're going to be Western civilization or we're going to have a problem. Okay. And that's the way we're playing. Cause it's like, oh, you think about this great history that, you know, the tradition that got us here is like thousands of years of, of, of this individualism that led to this moment here. And it's like, um, yeah, we're not having we're not having a um, anti-individualist function here. We're not going to do it because it's not. My forebears didn't die, bleed, sweat, and generate all this to roll it up in and piss on it and walk away, right? 
That's not how this is going to play out. And it's like, cause it's like, I, we wouldn't be doing a service to our forebears who put so much effort out to generate this tradition that we share. Right. And so it's like this, it's like, okay. So there's, you know, it's like, it can get quite rude. So it's like, uh, everybody should be on their best behavior because we don't want to have to, uh, we don't want to have to get to the baser elements. Right. Of, of what actually is going to happen here, right? Because it's it it can get very very unpleasant, and it's okay, right? Yeah, it's interesting. Hmm. See, this is the other thing that I've been thinking about: is that like, okay, you can manipulate the minds of people with these triggers. So then, it would be interesting and probably better for everyone if we started using them against the handlers in a way in in a sense of like you're trying to create a specific outcome the the you know one side and if you can lead them to that outcome in a way that doesn't reinforce the violence that's happening then you can bring people back together again right because we're we're currently it's the we're seeing two different views of the world but still we're living in the same world so they obviously at some point have to be able to come back together it's like it's it goes into that esoteric thing the pendulum swings both ways but it's still on a pendulum right we're still on the planet together and so we have to find a way to work together hmm. to achieve the goals that we want no we don't no we don't no you no. don't think so no 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 no, we don't. It's like this. It's like, they, so, so check that book out. Um, Carol Quigley, um, Evolution of Civilizations, okay? And he describes it quite well, which is like this. And it, the, the, he, he talks about the, the institutions in civilization and how they control the various aspects of the social life of the this, of this civilization. Okay, so institutions of irrationality control the intellectual life of the civilization which is that's a bizarre one isn't it that's bizarre irrationality controls the intellectual life and the second one institutions of oppression control the political life of the nation okay and the institutions of imperial war control the elements of force okay and so the institutions of class oppression is what that controls the political life and it's like quite interesting because it's like you you hear nietzsche talk about the transvaluation of values right mm-hmm. so we're gonna we're gonna go back to american history because this there's a great book by um um e michael jones he wrote a book called slaughter of the cities and he describes in very exquisite detail the, the transvaluation of values that occurred about 1938 up until the 1970, which they did this. So look, before 1938, is racism's good and is used as a political control mechanism in the United States, okay? And what happened was the transvaluation of values was racism bad, okay? And they used that to control the political life of the United States. And they did it like this. They, they, they shattered 
his, his, he's a Catholic and he's, he's, a, he's, he's all about what happened to the, I ended up meeting him in this point in space, which is what happened. How did, how did you get here? Because our, our views are essentially the same of what happened here. And he's like, I wanted to know what happened to the Catholic church. And I'm like, that's interesting because I want to know what happened to America. And it's the same answer, <laughs> right? And so the, the interesting function of it is the, the powers that be wanted to shatter the Catholic church. That's his, the Catholic church as a political unit in these cities. And they, they went from local state control to national control. And they used the justification of the, of the racism thing as the mechanism to do it. And they also destroyed the cities because they, they, they made segregation illegal in the cities mm -hmm. and they allowed it in the suburbs and they profited on the white flight too. So they created a, they created the, um, the gradient. Okay. You create fear for the whites in the city and you give them a haven in the suburbs that has no no blacks in it and and you force the blacks in here and you do not do that in the suburbs and it, he, he makes a great case for it and it's like what well, it's brilliant move a brilliant political move by the people who are handling the situation on a, you know the oligarchy types right right because then all those people that were in the city's churches then are all spread out yeah, you just messed them all up, man. They're done. They're 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 disorganized now. Hmm. Interesting. And what you get profit because you sold them tracts of land in the suburbs, and you, right. you now you've separated the people by you know, and you've changed their patterns of behavior. Now they they got to buy a car to do their thing, right? And it's like right. just just, just drastically altered the the life of the people. And it, and it's like part of that part of that job was they 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 paid agitators to act bad, right? You pay the gangsters to act bad in the cities to to increase the fear in the cities so that the whites want to leave, man. Right, they don't want to deal with that anymore. Hmm. Interesting. So it's like this. So it's like so so it's like the 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 issue is this: your strong emotions are the the indicator. That you're being manipulated yeah which is like it's a bad time to be thinking though man it's hard to do that when you're frightened or you know what i mean it's like so the class oppression right now is this this uh medical mandates under the guise of emergency medical medical emergency that's authoritarian bullies manipulating the public for political control Hmm. I'm not sure it's working very well. Um, I, I can only speculate. It's like, well, the election's coming up and it will tell, the time will tell. Yeah, we'll see after November, right? It's just, <laughs> it's just like, whoa, it's a war, man. It's a war. I will point to this. It's like information war is interesting because it's like, okay, so, so, so propaganda, right, is information war. And so information war is about making the enemy do something wrong. Hmm as opposed to crushing them with direct action, right? Yeah. So I'm going to cause you to do something stupid. So, so Erwin Rommel is my fav favorite general, the German general, right? So he's in um, the Africa Corps, he's in Tunisia, and he's got one airplane, 
and a couple of tanks and he's fighting the British army that has maybe a few more tanks and not very many of anybody, but it's like, he's got one airplane. It's like, what do you do with the airplane? He's like, take the engine of it off and put it on the back of that truck. And then he did. And then he, he had the propeller spinning and blowing dust up like crazy and driving around behind hills. Now the Brits think there's a huge tank column moving over there. And so they got to respond to that somehow and they do the wrong thing and then they get hammered by the other side. Right. And so it's information war. Right. And it's like, so this is all this is. It's all propaganda and information war is all that we're having here. Because it's like, I don't know, I point, I, I like to point to uh, Antonio Gramsci. You familiar with him? No, actually. Antonio Gramsci's, no, I, I, I held my nose and I studied the Marxists because I, I despise them. I really don't like them. And I'm like this, but I, I held my nose. Antonio Gramsci was an Italian Marxist. And um, he died in 1936. He was famously held by Benito Mussolini in jail because he's that dangerous, okay? And his ideas were like this. He invented the premise of called cultural hegemony. And that's this right here. It's like this. So this, the cultural preferences of the elites are projected through the social institutions into the general public. Okay? And so Antonio Gramsci made this formula, which is like this. First, we must have a position, a war of position, in which the Marxists will attempt to take up positions in, this, in the established uh, institutions to gain authority, okay? In order to create the cultural conditions necessary for revolution, okay? Then they'll have the revolution, and then they have the war of maneuver, which is the kinetic war with the forces of reaction to the revolution in which they're going to mop up guys like me. Hmm. Okay? And it's like this. That's, that's precisely, and this was called uh, by um, a German Marxist called uh, Rudi Dutschke. He called this the long march through the institutions in 1970. And they, I, I think it's like they thought they had the revolution set up in um, 1970 when the Weather Underground was taking, doing their thing. They were trying to stimulate, they were trying to instigate the revolution. Mm -hmm. And they was obviously failed, right? Yeah. It's like this. Oh, yeah. Here we are, next turn of the wheel here, 2020. Is it? Yeah. They're pushing for the same thing now. Right. And, but now they have control of all the institutions of education, pretty much. For the most part, yeah. And it's like, but it's like this. I don't, it's, a, it's like this interesting to try to wipe out these stalwart Western civilization people that are like the, 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 the backbone of the country. It's like you, you're, you don't understand. I don't think they quite understand what they're dealing with. Well, yeah, it, that's, I think, the, the big problem, right, is that there's the idea has come out, the meme of independence, the individual overall has come out and more people agree with that than disagree with that and so it's like I fighting i don't think so i don't i think that's not quite true i think that that's a that's an impression that is widely believed however hmm maybe it's like it's like this it's like <clears throat> look it's um socrates said it well right because he was given the option you can take the poison or you can leave town and that was in a time when, when the, the, the town and, the, and, and a man without a town, is a, he said, is, is, a, is a thumb without a hand. 
Okay, he's like, what's the point of it? He just took the poison. Okay, and it's like this, it's like, we are built in a social environment, okay? We're social animals, and we don't survive very well with just us individually. If, but it's like the, the, the false premise of individuality above all else is just silliness. That's like, it's a, it's a recipe for anarchist nothing. Oh, I'm, I'm talking about in terms of uh, where the law resides. Ah, right. So, okay. okay. So like the foundation of the civilization is based on the rights of the individual because oh. that like that negates all of the other problems that you have where you start creating laws for specific groups of people. Right, right, right. No, I understand you. No, and we're in agreement then. So it's, it's we're back to the uh, foundational elements. Yeah, right. Uh, of of the Western civilization. Right. And, and that itself, that premise, I think, is too hard <clears throat> excuse me of a nut to crack because every person can realize it right you, you go back down to the beginning of it and you're like well i want myself to be equal to the person next to me and how do i do that you can only do it by the individual you can't do it by their family group or by any other sort that's of right identity. we're not going to create special rules for any anybody right we have any sense because you can't establish the 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 prem the uh the the what's the right word is the the can this prem there's a court there's a I can't even think of the word which is when in a court you have the previous decision right oh oh uh right um precedent there you go that's the word I knew it began with a p and I'm like man <laughs> it's like president but you know it's so close <laughs> and it's like so the, the you can't establish the precedent for that because then it will be used against you for certain okay right and so exactly. so. But I think this, I think that what they try to do is slingshot sometimes to um, elevation of individual rights above all else, which is which something, we sort of see that with the elevation of, it's like, but it, it goes under this identity politics, I think, which is that your individual right exceeds all reasonable bounds by forcing everybody to bow down to your madness. Okay, and I won't say anymore because it's like it's to be too rude, and I don't want to be rude. Okay, <laughs> does that make sense? Yeah, it's like no. this. It's like, the, but yeah. So it's like this. I'm a, I'm a natural law kind of guy. I think that's the right answer. And it's like I think there's a lot. It's a very silent people because it's like I'll, I'll give you. I'll teach you some. I won't teach the Hebrew on this channel yet. It's a secret lessons, but it's like this is uh, one of the one of the um, elements of control that's employed. And I think it's been studied since the Soviet times, right? Okay, and I would teach that Hebrew. Soviet in Hebrew, right? It means hush. Hmm. And it goes like this. So it's like this. What is the, the, the number one thing is self-censorship is the number one control element. If I can cause you to internalize the police, then I don't have to have the police. Because it's going to embarrass you publicly to say, speak your actual mind. Right. Right. So, like, look, I'm going to teach you some more Hebrew. I like this. It's pretty good. Soviet, shut up. Okay. It means hush, partner. Hmm. 
And it's like, the, the trick is it, um, is that all I got to do is cause you to understand and internalize the, the, this um, self-censorship. And which is what we're, we're we have it in, in, the, in the institutions of higher learning at this point. It's like the um, self-censorship among um, people is, is quite high in the, in the academics. Oh, yeah. And it's like, that's all, you, because the, the, the um, radical, radicalization of the people who uh, caused them to internalize that. And which means that this, this, this is interesting because it's quieting the people, prevents them actively expressing themselves, generates hostility and um, um, anger. You know what I mean? Right. But it's quiet hostility and anger, right? And so it's like it's withdrawn, like smoldering kind of anger, right? And it's, and it's difficult to see. So it's like that's, that's what is com being um, confronted at this point in the United States. It's like this, this um, suppression from the, 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 this, the, this authoritarian system is generating this kind of anger. Okay, and it's being suppressed and quietly. It's difficult to assess the true nature of it, but which is why we had this, you know, the surprise election in in twenty sixteen. Okay, mm -hmm. and I and I oh, I think I, I don't know. We'll see what we get this time. It's like because I think that it will be similarly surprising, but I I don't know. We'll see. And it's like everybody's a, it's a white knuckle express, right? <laughs> Yeah, that's one way to talk about it. Jeez. It's just this year. It's I think I think people have like I don't know if the general population has come to realize it, but I think there's a lot more individuals. Like I'm talking to you and I've been talking to a lot more uh people but about like similar ideas to this where we're we're actually having conversations about these like very complex topics that need to be talked about and they need to be presented to people so that they can see that you know there are these elements these undercurrents that are that are swaying people and need to be pushed back against because well, that's interesting because it's like this the people that i'm the people that i'm hanging with don't i don't see it okay which is it's kind of fascinating so like this so i, I watched the conversation occur over the summertime now i talked to a lot of people and everybody pretty much and it's like, but I live in a rural town. And it's like this, the conversation among the men went like this first part of the summer for the first three months, I would say till June, it goes like this. It, it will be recognized from a war movie, okay? Halt, advance and be recognized, okay? And so if you're not recognized, you're not getting past me into the camp, okay? So it's like that, they're just identifying one another is what was going on there, first part of the summertime. Second part of the summer was like this. The conversation goes, this could get violent. And it's like this, that's the conversation. It's okay, we dealt with worse, right? And it'll, it'll end too, okay? It's okay. And it's like this, but the, the, the advice that I gave them was this, it's like, there's three pieces of advice. There's gonna be plenty to get mad about, right? So the advice is keep your powder dry, okay? Cause you're going to have plenty to get mad about. Just don't go off, and, you know, like a spark, you know what I mean? 
You're, it's, it's a powder keg out here, man. Don't go off like a spark. That's a bad plan. Someone's, it's going to cause problems. Number two, know who your friends are. That was this advance and be recognized thing. It's like, okay, everybody's, they're checking their stuff out and making sure everything's square. And then the third thing is just wait for the signal. You'll know what to do when the signal comes. And I don't know what that means, right? I don't know what that means, but if you got all your ducks in order, you're not going off because you're mad and you're know who your friends are and you just wait, you'll know what to do when the time comes, whatever that means, right? And behave in an appropriate fashion. Right. That's all. And that's all you can do. That's, that's just life advice right there. Those three things, right? No, that's good life advice. Definitely. It's yeah. just, but it's like, and especially when it's things to start getting hot, right? It's like, my goodness. So it's just, just, yeah. And that's like, this is like, I purposely moved to uh, a rural area here because of that. Cause I predicted this, this turbulence was coming. Right. I didn't know exactly what form it would take. And it was like, okay. And it's like, okay, so here we are. And it's like, it's, it seems like it's roiling up on us fast. Right. It's like waves are going to be breaking and we'll see what happens next. It's like, just a, what a mess, man. What a mess. So you just, you know, keep, keep, no. And it's like, it, it comes down to this moral order, right? Just keep your, yourself, your head on straight and know your place in the, in the cosmos and, and who you're working for. And the, the, this is the interesting function. And I figured this out, which is in the course of my four-year study of what happened to America when I was, business was belly up, right? And I was trying to make it float. And I'm just, all I was doing was working, working on the computer and studying my crazy books and learning, trying to learn and, and trying to sit straight and not hurt my back or whatever, right? And so it's like this, I, 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 Jordan Peterson came out and I was like, Jordan Peterson came out and he said this thing. He said, he answered a question one time. Somebody asked him if he believed in God. And he said, I hate that question. I said, I hate that question too. I said, um, Peterson answered it like this. He says, I try to behave in, in a manner that is consistent with the fact, the premise that I believe in a good God that listens to me, that interferes in the affairs of men. Right. And I'm like, what the hell does that mean? And I'm like, means he prays. So I start practicing praying because I'm like, I'm going to do an experiment, like a 90 day experiment. So I start praying. I'm like, yeah. And then I said, I'm trying to fix my back. I'm doing squats. I'm working on there and I'm trying to learn what happened to America. And I just prayed. I prayed for two things to be straight and true. And that's all I'm trying for. If I can do that, then I'm kicking ass, man. I'm like, that is, about, if I can do those two things, I don't, then I'm not asking for more right now. Okay. And it's like, yeah, yeah, my, my back got better faster. I figured out what happened to America in three more years or whatever, right? And I'm like, that was a good experiment, right? <laughs> and I was like, that was a good experiment. And it's like, but what's the significance of it? The theory goes like this. This is what I tell people. All the harm that I came to in my life, okay, was self-inflicted based on the faulty premise that I was a free man. Okay. Now, Bob Dylan said it well, you got to serve someone. It might be the devil, it might be the Lord, but you got to serve someone. And I think that interesting, like psychological warfare that has occurred, that, that is the, the, the premise that is designed to deracinate the public from their, the, the religious past. Okay. Let's say that way is, is that you're free 
and individual and isolated alone and, and, and make your own way in the world. Does that make sense? As, as opposed to connected to everything else. And that, that faulty premise that you're a free individual that is not attached and can serve yourself as opposed to the other two agencies that were mentioned in Bob Dylan's song, right? I've heard that before, actually. I, that's, I've heard that in a context that's completely different than this, but it's, it's the, the one problem that humanity has is the faulty idea that we're alone in the world or just alone. And it's, no, you're connected to everything. You're, everything is connected. It's just you can't see the threads sometimes. That's it. The, um, the, the, so that's the first word of the Bible in Hebrew, right? Aramaic or whatever. Brashit. Okay? It's translated as Genesis, okay? Brashit. It means bra, bara, to make shit, which is a funny word. That is um, the, the same word for bush, okay? Bush, thicket, and discourse is the translation of that from the Hebrew. Okay, so make discourse, make conversation, right? Mm. And it's like, so the bush in the Bible is, look, the bush in the Bible, I, this is what started me on the Hebrew studies, right? Because I'm like this, bush in the Bible, there's the bush that caught Abraham's ram in which he discovered the good God. And then the bush that is the cell phone that talks to God that Moses used, right? The burning bush. I'm like, well, this is a very interesting literary symbol. I better study this. It merits further attention because it's a direct intervention of God in the affairs of man, mm -hmm. right? And the word is spelled shin yod to said shit, made me laugh. I'm like, you got to be kidding me, right? And so it's like this. Then I translated back into English and it said discourse. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, because that is the cell phone that talks to God. It is the discourse. So I'm getting ready to talk to a philosopher named David Scrabina, who's he wrote a book called Panpsychism in the West. And Panpsychism in the West, the basic premise goes like this. The universe is conscious and it's attempting to communicate with you all the time. And your job is to communicate effectively. And that generates the field that you call your experience. Okay, which attracts certain things and repels other things. Does that make sense? That's kind of how i see the world so yeah that's makes a lot of sense <laughs> that's it that's it we're 100 on the on track then because that's 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 only that's the only word of the bible you need you need that one that's all you need to know if you do operate on that premise you're in you can align your field properly with the creation right interestingly the in the in the greek the word would be techne logos or technology Yeah, of it's like this. This techna is to make to have an intention to create something in the world, and logos is the way the world is built. So it's like that. It's a very interesting premise. It's now like so. So it is this. Is just be right. I, I think intentionality is the basic element of all of our experience. Okay, so. If you line your intentionality up correctly, then you'll be okay. You'll be protected because you're not going to generate errors in the field that you're not going to cause things to come after you that from the rest of the unconscious. In the in Jungian psychology, that everything that is not me is part of the unconscious. 
So the logos is everything that's not me, and the the the, the part that is generating the uh, the field is my intentionality. Hmm. Yeah, I completely completely with you there. <laughs> I like that, man. So it's like this. So 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 our goal here, and this is what I appreciate getting an opportunity to to meet you, and to chat with you a little bit. And we yeah. line up our fields a little bit, right? It's like, okay, because it's like conversational. We line up our conversation and generate a wider field because now we now there's two of us we lined up and we, we make a better magnet, right? Right. Hmm. Interesting. I like this. <laughs> so, yeah, that's the right answer. And it's like this. So it's like this. It's like, so you just remember the three rules, right? Keep your powder dry, man. We're going to know who your friends are and just wait. I don't know. We'll figure out what that means. <laughs> <laughs> right right well so what are you going to do what are you up to these days what's what's as we, um, as we prepare to park tell me what you're up to i'm building a a space for um it's it's an it's a website that i'm i'm trying to like find different technologies that people have built and then write or or uh consolidate guides so people can use them so like zoom it would be you can go to zoom download it and then here's how to use it um but then just for resources across the internet just to help students out in learning and uh that's kind of what i'm working on right now and then beyond that i'm trying to i'm i'm not sure if it's going to be a school or a foundation but i want to start a school that actually teaches kids in my opinion a proper way of going about the world which is like being mindful of yourself understanding your emotional states understanding your body and then using that to enhance your learning and your experiences in the world because i've worked in public schools for several years now and i i think that i have to go my own path because they're not aligning with how i see education and how people need to be educated so well, yeah i like that man <laughs> I'll, I'll look forward to helping you out okay well i'm talk. interested in the same thing it's like generating um resources for people to access to uh gain information that is useful and beneficial right mm -hmm. and then help them line it up so that they get where they need to go right that's right. all that, that's what counts and that's that's good man you're on the right track <laughs> become the magi right that's that's right and watch out for the sorcerers man <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, it's been a pleasure chatting with you. You as well. It's been almost two hours now. Wow. No, no, it's been about an hour and 10. It's not. Oh, hour and 10. Oh, excuse me. Yes. It's all very good, man. <laughs> I look forward to it. We'll, we'll chat again, I hope. Okay. I, I think that'd be great. Let's stay in contact. No good. Take care. All right. Take care. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Best Medicine Podcast with Bradley H. Werrell, D.O. Don't forget to hit like and subscribe below, either over there or over there. Also, if you're interested in a medical consultation with myself, there's also information below.